thank you for downloading this in-ear entertainment podcast. You're listening to Shakespeare's Sonnets. Sonnet 56. Sweet love, renew thy force. Be it not said, thy edge should blunter be than appetite, but which, which but today by feeding is allayed, tomorrow sharpened in his former might. So, love, be thou, although today thou fill thy hungry eyes, even till they wink with fullness, tomorrow see again, and do not kill the spirit of love with, with a perpetual dullness. Let this sad interim like the ocean be, which parts the shore, where two contracted new come daily to the banks, that when they see return of love, more blessed may be the view. As call it winter, which being full of care, makes summer's welcome thrice more wished, more rare. That was Sonnet 56 of Shakespeare's Sonnets. I'm Mark Chatterley, and you're listening to Shakespeare's Sonnets. That was the wrong order. And I am joined... This week by a American buzz cutty looking General Hellis. Yeah. Hello, <laughs> General. You, you've you've adopted. I, just, I, I shot right up. That's good. He, he, he Thierry's had a bit of a buzz cut going on. It looks good. It looks good, although slightly intimidating for a kind of hippie-ish person like me. Um, it's it's fine. <laughs> uh, Sonnet fifty six. What what do you think of this one? What do you what do you like this one? Do you hate it? Do you do you hate it? Hate it? Go on. It's it's very lovey thingy. So I'm gonna say I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you cynic, you. I I have to stay true to uh to my cynical nature. <laughs> I quite I I see. I'm gonna disagree. I quite like it. I I it's another one of those where I think it's it's a bit cliched now, but that's because it, it it's probably been adopted in and, and become cliched rather than it being cliched when it was written. But why why, why don't you like it? Do you just not like it because no, it's all I, about I, love? And you you're a poor, sad, lonely man. That's 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 it exactly. No, actually, I, actually, my first thought was uh, another sonnet that he wrote later on, one sixteen, which has the okay. line "Love is not love which alters when it alteration finds." Yep. Which. I, 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 the idea to this is fairly, fairly close. He goes on yes. about sweet love, renew thy force, beat not set thy yet, should blunder be thy appetite. It just, it's a very, very nice thought and very nice image. Yeah, it's kind of the idea that you can never be sick of love. You can never have so much love that you you overdose on it and become sick of it. In, in the same way that I, I discovered a very nice sandwich from M&S uh, a couple of years ago, and I ate it every day for about two weeks, and now the smell of it makes me want to puke. Yeah, um, I, I had that with a particular kind of pizza I ate in school every day for about a month, and I st- still today, if I go back, I walk past that shop, it just... it oh. Just yes. the thought of it, even just now thinking about it, it's just... <laughs> Making you a little queasy. Yeah. But, but, but love isn't like that, according to Shakespeare. Yeah, it is, Shakespeare. it is. It is. You, I you, think about love now and I just go, ah, oh, just glad that's over and done with. <laughs> so you're disagreeing with Shakespeare on this one. That, that's that's risky territory to be on. I, uh, <laughs> no, I, I seriously, I do actually agree with that. You don't really, no one who is in love just, no one who loves, I should say, ever wishes that it would stop. Unless it is unrequited and incredibly painful to be in that situation which it doesn't 
seem to be for Shakespeare here. Not not anymore. Not yeah. anymore. Yeah. I did kind of get that impression to begin with and and but now it's it does seem more reciprocal than than it ever has before the the history of the hit of Shakespeare or Shakespeare's character in the fair youth seems more reciprocal and yeah the idea that that I can be around you forever and I'll never get sick of you um is is a sweet one I'm not wholly convinced it's completely true I well I suppose you get you get sick of the person rather than sick of the love feeling but is that is that not is that something that's unique to love, or is that something that happens to all emotions? No, that's just human relationships. You you can't always be happy around someone. It just it's too intimate a relationship to just always be cheery. There is, <laughs> I mean, even in friendship or just family relations, there's always going to be a point where you fight or you just don't want to be near the other person and just yeah. You you want to be on your own yeah, sometimes, yeah. but 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 being on your own in a relationship doesn't mean you're not in love with that person anymore. Well, yeah. Well, I would even say, but most fights you you have because there is just too many strong emotions, rather than not giving a damn about the other person. <laughs> but is is that um, something that's unique to love? Does does that apply to hate as well? That that you can never overdose on hate. That that. I, I don't tend to hate people, so I don't really know. But I mean, thinking of sort of far right wing groups like the the KKK and and Westro Baptist and people like that, they they don't seem to get sick of hating. They don't sort of hate a lot in the morning and then go, well, that's that's me done with hate for today. I'll give it a rest for the rest of the day and go to the swimming pool. Um, they seem to just be constantly hateful. So is is it a innate property of of human emotions that? we can never get tired of them in the sense that we would get tired of being around someone. I don't... In the case of the uh, Westboro Baptist Church, I'm not so sure it's just the hatred, though. It is just the righteousness and the... the yeah. they, they actually... They, they, they think they are doing God's work in trying to protest um, yeah. homosexuality so and... And anything and everything. And anything and everything. Uh, yeah, yeah I, swear, I suppose in that sense it's not a pure emotion. Is there, It's hard to find an analogy then for love, which is kind of a... Uh, being... You, 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 don't, you don't say, I am in hate, in the same way that you say, I am in love. And so I don't know if there's an... A, yeah, a, but there, an there's a difference between the in love and love. <laughs> Whereas there are there are no steps to hate. You hate someone. You hate someone. There's there's no initial phase where the entire world just looks black instead of pink. <laughs> so, so it doesn't infect of your yeah your other senses, I guess. I mean, yeah, it, it 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 makes you. I mean, hate it. It still it, it makes you angry. It it, it you still influences you hate. as a person, but you don't. It's not like you can see dead pigs fly. It's just... <laughs> oh, what can you see? I can see bacon flying. Dead pigs just <laughs> flying everywhere. No, uh, yeah, I, so maybe it is something that's unique to love then. That's quite, that's quite interesting that you can... It's something that just happens to you that you can never get sick of or fed up of. Which doesn't mean that you can never fall out of love. No, no, no. I it kind of I think we're we're moving into a, a section of the sonnets having having read ahead slightly of of 
That's of, cheating, Mark. I know, it, it is. It is it's cheating by my own standards. But of, of, of idolatry and doting on someone and, and, and worshipping in, in, in not an extreme sense, but those kind of words is, is where we're heading. And so I think what this, this sonnet is kind of setting up is this idea that you can you can serve someone in a very wide sense of the word serve you can serve someone if you're in love with them and not be fed up with it that's that's kind of what i'm taking from yeah. it yeah i guess it's a well love is a selfless act you don't i mean it's a nice the, feeling the... <laughs> can anything be selfless if it's a yeah, nice but feeling you... The act of loving someone, you don't love someone, so you feel better. No, that's true. Okay, yeah. I mean, it feels nice to be loved in return. And in fact, you can but... love someone and that makes you feel terrible. Yeah. You can love someone you're not meant to be in love with. You can love someone who is is uh, has ideals that are different to you. It's it's Yeah, it can be divorced from feelings of joy, I guess. Love. Yeah. That's quite interesting. And it still can last forever yeah yeah although although i guess at some point it'll just turn into an obsession <laughs> if you just yeah the end point of love is obsession obsession and and stalking. well I, I saw a uh, i'm not sure if he listens to the podcast dan grosvenor he okay. should listen if you're listening hello dan hello dan <laughs> he posted a uh, a video of tim minchin about love okay. well it was more about religion but there's this amazing line in it where uh, Tim Minchin says uh, he has an argument with a religious person and the religious person says uh, oh uh, but you love and you have no evidence for love and Tim Minchin says well I love and I am loved love without evidence is just stalking (laughs) (laughs) yeah I I think that's fair love without without evidence is stalking oh blimey I might stalk quite a few people (laughs) I mean now Twitter, Facebook, most of it is stalking. <laughs> there, there is definitely a element in the modern world that you can be far more involved with someone's life that, that you will never ever meet or even yeah, speak to, other than you ever could before, and and stuff that would have seemed stalkery in the past. Like it, it's very strange uh, meeting someone and them going, "Oh, how are you? How how are you feeling now? I know you weren't feeling very well last week," uh, and. It's just because you put a tweet on Twitter uh, and suddenly this person that you're meeting the first time is asking you whether you've gotten over what you had before, which is, is quite an odd mindset. It's quite it's quite nice in a way. I quite like it, but I can see why it would freak some people it's, out. It's very easy to manipulate people as well. It, there's, if, if you're conscious of what you're actually writing, you can very easily manipulate people's uh, perception of you or of your life. Oh, that's quite that's quite sad. I would do people do that deliberately? That's quite sad if they do. <laughs> I, I just me social media is a way for me to go. Ah, listen to my brain. This is what my brain says, rather than hmm. I'm going to calculatedly put this here so that people have this reaction, and then in a week's time I can play on that. And that seems like far too much effort. I'm not saying everyone does it, but I'm saying it's it's fairly easy to uh, to create yeah. an image. I, I mean, there's there's a lot of personas out there that people believe. I mean, the whole uh, what was she called? Lonely Girl 15 on YouTube a couple of years ago. 
yeah, where, where everyone just believed that those vlogs were real and they just bought it and then yeah. it turned out everything was just scripted and and that's i suppose that links back to celebrity in a sense that the people that you see on tv probably aren't the celebrities especially with comedians comedians definitely take on a persona of of this is how i'm going to act and and like like alan davis acts the fool and and david mitchell acts as a kind of uh, very upper uh, upper middle class upper middle class person yeah not understanding current culture and and i'm sure those people aren't like that they're personas they take on which facilitates joking when you're on a panel show because you can guess how someone's going to react to something you say and and it just allows that to to develop well if you read um because david mitchell writes for the observer as well fairly regularly and if you read that i mean he's still it's still his upper class sort of that's just at the end of the day he is just upper middle class that's just that's just his background but he is highly aware of the social popular culture and everything that goes on around him so it's it's unlike me where i have no sense of popular culture at all uh we'll do an episode about the kardashians one day and then you'll get educated excellent I, i i can't wait um (laughs) <laughs> so we kind of spun off a little bit there and talked about lots of interesting interesting things i think well we, we we stayed close to love for most yeah. of it exactly uh, I, this this sonnet does have some beautiful lines in it i think um my my favorite being that um uh so love be thou although today thou fill thy hungry eyes even till they wink with fullness tomorrow see again i just i love the idea that your eyes get so full of of love that they wink with fullness uh, and and they they have to close to hold in how much love they've absorbed but then tomorrow everything's fine and you you just go on and i think it's such a lovely little metaphor little simile or whatever it is you know one of those literary terms even till they're without wait (laughs) Uh, there's a third one a simile is like something, a metaphor is something, and then a metonymy is something taking on the properties of something else. That's See, the word. That's stuff. the word. I know this stuff. I just don't like That's, that's the creative writing module shining through. <laughs> it is. It is. Um, and, and then you come down to a bit of religious language in the second half of the sonnet, where it starts talking about parting of, a, of the ocean rather than parting of the sea, but obviously it brings the, the same image to mind, and uh, the banks of and there's a bit of religious uh, referencing there i guess to the the passing of the sea or is that well, me just a leap too far no i guess you can see religion in that but i like the idea that there's uh where two contracted new come daily to the banks that when they see return of love return i uh, yeah more blessed may be the view it's quite nice this idea of a, a new couple going to the the banks of an ocean, uh, and and which parts the shore of the ocean. I, well, it, it's not talking about a literal divide like in the Bible. It's talking about the sort. Of, I I think anyway, it's talking about the tides coming in and out. But the language I think has been constructed in such a way to make it have kind of religious overtones. I guess is what I'm saying. Maybe that is a bit too much of a leap. Stunned you mm. with silence. No, I'm just. Looking at the uh, the parting shores, just wondering whether we uh, 
whether that's a reference to something else. Because no, it doesn't you, really. He, uh, I've lost the line now. Um, the ocean part? bee which parts the shores. Yeah, it's it's not the ocean that actually split. Well, the, the ocean does the act of splitting. It's not the ocean that gets separated in half. Oh yeah, that, that's true. So uh, I, I mean, because this this has been a series of sonnets where the fair youth or Shakespeare, one of the two, is is away from the other one, and it and. We've had talk of before of being divided by the sea, so they're they're on different. Well, it's not that hard to be divided by the sea. One one of you's in the UK, but the, the, one of them is in another country um, across the sea, and so yeah, in that sense, the ocean does part the shores of the two countries. Yeah, I'm just uh, I'm reading up. Apparently. Uh... <laughs> Thierry reads yeah, I was, to um, steal someone else's opinion during the Trojan War Trojan War yeah, they had two bridges that went from Persia into Greece that okay. got destroyed and obviously the Trojan War was all about lovers well that's that's what started it yes someone stealing the wife of someone else of someone else See, it never pays. Just, I was going to say stealing Diane Kruger, but that's the... She played her in the film. <laughs> oh, bless. Your history is just full of celebrities, isn't it? That's, that's, that's it, yeah. <laughs> um, and it ends on a quite a nice um, two-liner at the end, as they, as they all do, but some of them are better than others. But this one's quite nice. Uh, as call it winter, which being full of care makes summer's welcome thrice more wished, more rare. Uh, and the idea that making you wait it's that waiting makes the heart grow fonder kind of thought but in a much more poetic way than waiting makes the heart grow fonder thrice more wished more uh, it's just lovely I think it's also the number three that keeps popping up in Shakespeare he does like three's quite a would have been one of the magic numbers one of the uh, would have been very symbolic of religion at the time and things like that it's a yeah isn't it the yeah or witchcraft? Cause it, is it Macbeth? The uh, the opening scene with the witches. Yes. They. Yeah. Uh, There's the there where they had three witches in Macbeth, didn't they? Yeah. Yeah, three's quite a, a historically. It's always been a. They call them. I think they're called magic numbers, not in any sort of mathematical sense. Uh, like you have happy numbers and 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 lonely numbers and stuff. Not in that sense, but magic numbers in the sense that they appear in religious and and mythological uh context quite a lot and and i don't know what would have started it but you tend to always have three wise men the three factors of god three witches the trinity it it, it comes up quite a lot over and over there is probably i mean i doubt it originated in christianity christianity no, didn't no, really not it's not exactly a religion that had any original ideas <laughs> oh, oh bless it it must have had a couple in there somewhere probably but but all of the major sort of ideas existed before but but as with a lot of modern religions that's the case well yeah i'm not saying christianity is the only yeah i'm just saying just because we have the holy trinity and those sort of things today doesn't mean that it came from there no it it would have been much much older than that and i and and i'm sure that you could find references to greek and norse mythology and and Egyptian mythology and much further back. It just seems to be a number that we as a species are drawn to. Three and and there's others like three and seven. 
come up quite a lot. Ten comes yeah. up quite a lot, I think. We have four, the perfect family. Father, mother, daughter, boy. Sort <laughs> of. Yes, the, nu- the n- nuclear family, isn't it? Nuclear family, yeah. That that American ideal, that it's, it's what you want is, yeah, mother, father, boy, girl... And and then everyone is happy. No one will be gay. There'll be no affairs, and, every, and the family will be happy forever. Is what will happen there? Yes, yes. Because because no one who has ever just had one sibling was gay. No. That's that's how it works. There's actually there's actually um, some studies out there which suggest the more that the in in male children, I don't know if it's I don't think it's the same with females. Uh, there's different mechanisms, I think. But yeah, isn't it the odds increase that you get every male child? You child. Have. Yeah, the odds increase, which didn't work for me because I'm the firstborn. So you screwed things up. I did. I messed up that study. Oh, oh well. They do. Um, they they do these weird ones. They had John Berriman did a uh, a BBC documentary a couple of years ago awesome. about why he was gay, and they did the the, the test with him. How many words he knows? Because apparently, the more words you know, the more female feminine your brain is okay i don't know why i'm just like he's an actor yeah he's he's been in plays and, and movies and tv shows for decades obviously he's going to know more <laughs> words than the average bloke on the street he just <laughs> they, they i remember they attached him up to that there's that machine they made um it's an american invention when they were very very worried about the homosexual agenda and back when they thought it was like an organized underground thing. <laughs> wow. But it was a device you, you it's like a little belt, a little elastic band, and you strap it around the, the male parts and then you show them images. And they're they're some of them are uh, traditional sort of heterosexual sexual images, some of them are homosexual sexual images, and some of them are pictures of ducks or something. Mm-hmm. And then you can measure blood flow in and out of the organ, so to speak. Um and it's incredibly the reproductive. Yeah. yeah. And supposedly it's impossible to fool because it's it's a subconscious reaction to to engorge that area with blood uh you can't you can't consciously go there's an image that i find interesting i'm going to stop the blood flowing even if you think of something else that image has registered in your brain so the the mechanisms have happened subconsciously in your body and and it's a way of telling how (laughs) <laughs> whether someone's gay or not it's an atrocious that atrociously just... odd thing to do never mind the fact that i mean i'm heterosexual but not every image of a girl or no, a girl no, and no. a guy turns me on or i even find it remotely interesting no but <laughs> in general you would react more to the one type one set of photos and another set of photos and, and so you can gauge yeah, but it, it doesn't necessarily mean that there would be a reaction no yeah, well we're not i'm not talking about well, hey, let's get the party started. Reaction. It, it's like it, it measures minute increases in in flow of blood. I guess. Weird. Yeah. Very odd. And um, on that on that very odd note, sorry everyone. Um, would you like to read the the sonnet? <laughs> God, I'm not sure I can now. It's a lovely it's a lovely sonnet, and and the hyphens in today and tomorrow, at least in my version, don't make yeah, it hard to yeah, read at all. Yeah, I have those. That's. It's I, the... I, I quite like that writing. Oh, I hate it. Tomorrow. It, it it breaks my brain. But that's that's what the words actually are. Tomorrow. I, I know. I know that it breaks my brain. <laughs> uh, sonnet 56. Sweet love, renew thy force. Be it not said, thy edge should blunter be than appetite. But... You missed a word. I know. <laughs> that's... 
Oh, God. I not even. It's been too long since I... <laughs> it has been a couple of weeks for us. Sorry, everyone. Sonnet 56. Sweet love, renew thy force. Be it not said, thy edge should blunter be than appetite, which but today feeding is allayed, tomorrow sharpened in his former might. So, love, be thou, although today thou fill thy hungry eyes, even till they wink with fullness, tomorrow see again, and do not kill the spirit of love with a perpetual dullness. Let this sad interim like the ocean be, which short, which do shushana, which I don't know. I needed something to get out of the sh. Let this sad interim like the ocean be, which parts the shore, where two contracted new come daily to the banks, then when they see return of love, more blessed may be the view. As call it winter, which being full of care, makes summer's welcome, thrice more wished, more rare. Excellent. That was that was very nice. That was Sonnet 56 of, of Shakespeare's Sonnets. Uh, you've been listening to Shakespeare's Sonnets, the South titled podcast uh i've been mark chastley and you can follow me on twitter at nufkin and i've been terry hillis and you can follow me on twitter at sound of seagulls and we've been having a lot of fun recently with this this funky invention called flatter um if you don't know what it is go to f-l-a-t-t-r because it's funky to drop the e in these words modern times dot uh, com flatter.com and you can look it up and it's a cool micro donation service to to podcasts and and all things creative and it's very cool so give it a check out and i'm running out of words um we shall see you uh next time i guess we should we should turn in next time or we will find you and hunt you down yeah and and and, and, and serenade you with sonnet 57 that's what we do (laughs) bye-bye that's the worst threat ever goodbye You've been listening to Shakespeare's Sonnets with Mark Chatterley and Thierry Hellis. This has been an in-ear entertainment podcast. To listen to other podcasts or find out more about in-ear entertainment, go to www.inearentertainment.com.